Hey, I'm Russ. And I'm Steve. Growing up in the 80s, we were introduced to video games, movies, and technology that made a lasting impression on us and forever enriched our lives. I think I'm gonna cry! It's been a fascinating journey to be a part of, one that we constantly treasure. Fire! Booty! Our goal is simple. Share our magical moments of discovery and geek out with lovely folks. Just like you! Uh, achievement unlocked! So if you crave pixel goodness, memorable moments, and experiences that make your inner child do the happy dance, you've come to the right place. Let's do this! Welcome to Joygasm! <laughs> yeah! everyone and welcome back to Joygasm where we talk about video games, movies, and pop culture. My name is Russ, Xbox Live Toaster360, and joining me is my bald and beautiful brother Steve, Xbox Live Stevevich, as we commence episode 40 on this September 30th, 2017. If you have any questions, comments, or just want to show us some love, you can find us on Twitter at JoygasmTV and Facebook.com slash JoygasmTV. In addition to iTunes and Android, you can also listen to our podcast on SoundCloud at SoundCloud.com slash JoygasmTV or search JoygasmTV on YouTube or Twitch. And no matter which platform you use to enjoy the show, please jo drop a... <laughs> please joke about it. Please, yeah, please <laughs> choke and like totally forget what you're going to say. Make fun of us. Please drop a subscription. How about that? A thumbs up or a review. It helps us build awareness, which we appreciate very much. We have some exciting topics to chat about today, which I don't know. For me, I'm quite giddy. Steve, are you giddy? I'm quite giddy, that is. We first, uh, you know, right off the bat, I'm just going to say that other sultry voice you heard was none other than Big Baby Moose, <laughs> who's here with us, gracing us with his presence. Um, I don't know if that was a moose sound, but I, I tried. I, <laughs> it, it works for me. You know. <laughs> Mostly I do a lot of like grunting and heavy breathing. So yeah, whatever. That's just because you're a man. Absolutely. <laughs> He's a man, man. <laughs> a man, man. So first off, the Joygasm site is officially live and we want to celebrate by actually going through and just talking about it. It's a big deal. Yeah, that, that was, was that your little kazoo noise? Do it again. Oh my goodness. Uh, secondly, the Joygasm Patreon page has launched and we will give you all, you lovely listeners, a tour of that as well. Um, I, and thirdly, our topic of the day is the SNES purchase experience. But the SNES. The SNES. <laughs> the SNES. <laughs> first things first, Steve, how are you? Russ, doing great. Here, I'm alive, I'm awake. I feel like a little kid again. I feel like I'm 13 years old. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I just looked over and there's like SNES Mario Kart playing on the screen, which is bizarre because I've been playing the Mario Kart game for uh, the Switch and it's just... Totally like a trip down memory lane, but anyway, keep going. What have you been playing? What have you been watching? Ah, uh, well, let's see. Uh, I watched a little more South Park lately. Oh, and uh, that, those guys are just brilliant. Those whole that whole series is timeless. I tell you what. Mm -hmm. uh, let's what see. season are they on? Are they on like twenty six? Uh, you know, I'm I don't even know because I'm starting from like back in the day, like oh seven, and oh, I'm wow. starting to move forward. So um, <laughs> that's how out of touch with it I am. Yeah. Uh, let's see. 
I think, uh, yeah, I watched a couple more episodes of The Last Kingdom, which I don't know. I'm still trying to form an opinion on it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it goes bad. And like, uh, I don't know. But just, just enough to keep me entertained and coming sure. back. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, still some more. And <laughs> you're just no longer doing doing the Italian thing anymore, <laughs> man. I so I graduate. I've started to do like S two races, which I have. I've been really enjoying the the A races uh-huh. a lot because I I don't I tune the car just enough so where I can keep the authentic sound like the the, the engine and the exhaust sound of the vehicle without uh-huh. having to put a race transmission in it or, or new exhaust, and I like that a lot, but. I you know the, the, I've I've gone through all the exhibitions and uh, championships, and now they're like, yeah, now you have to do a, a supercar, a hypercar, a super GT. I'm like, oh, nuts! All right, and, and that's just like adrenaline pumping. I, I keep me awake at night. Like you know, it's a new type of adrenaline. There's Overwatch, and you're all trying to push for the the whole thing to, to finish the objective, and then mm-hmm. there's this where everything's moving at 200 miles an hour, and you <gasps> you know you crash. It's like the end of the world. Now, so. have you tried any of the online co-op? Uh, you know, I haven't, but somebody I, who I, who's not my friend, uh, I, I guess I'm there, who's part of the club, joined me in a race. Really? And I, and I was like, yeah, sure. You know, I'll, you join up. I don't care. I'll play with you. I don't, you know, it doesn't matter who you are. And he had like, the, I was in this like rice rocket kind of, not really a rice rocket, but uh, Italian rocket rice rocket. <laughs> <laughs> it was a Fiat. It was an old Fiat that I had hopped like to the max. Like oh, it's, wow. it's, it's way more power than weight. Um, and he was in this totally hopped up Jeep Wagoneer. Okay. So a Jeep Wagoneer, I don't know if you can, if you know what that looks like. It looks like a Jeep and a station wagon had a kid, right? Okay. And so, you know, station wagon, like, like Harry and the Hendersons type station wagon. I, I have to cut you <laughs> off. I, hearing you describe that totally made me think of like how cars would sound like if they had sex, you know, all oh, you'd hear the horns. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. Sorry. oh man, mixed with a little Italian, uh, you know, air horn. Um, so anyhow, we were racing around, and he was like just tumbling through all all, all the vehicles because his vehicle was really jacked up. And of yeah. course, one little tap, and my little Fiat just like bombarded off the entire course. Anyway, we had fun, um, but uh, you know, other than that, I haven't done too much online stuff. Okay. How about anything watching-wise? Uh, let's see. Besides South Park, I watched a little bit more of The Last Kingdom. I think I just mentioned that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that's been about it. You mentioned that you mentioned it. I, I was- mentioned. I'm, I'm just going to mention that I mentioned it like three minutes ago. <laughs> so, mentioning forward, how about you, Rose? Well, I'm really thrilled, but I'm going to be a gracious host and once Aww. again say that well, you and I are thrilled. Mm-hmm. To have Big Baby Moose return as our bonafide guest on the show. So bonafide. I'm actually going to turn it over to Nick and ask Nicky Poo exactly <laughs> what, has, what has he been up to, what he's been playing, what he's been watching. Well, let's see. Huh? I've been playing a fair bit of Destiny 2, which I've talked to you Destiny guys about. Ducks. I may have even played with the senior Perkins here. Mr. Russell, mm-hmm. still waiting for yes. the other guy to get on board. Yeah, I'll be there. I'll get there. Okay. <laughs> Just be patient. Don't worry. We'll be here when you get there. All right. Anyway, <laughs> now that I've gotten over the downer. Yeah, no, I've been playing some Destiny 2, and that's been kind of fun. And then I've been playing this little thing called an SNES Classic. Ooh! Playing some games on there. Letting my kids Very check nice. it out. You know, pretty good. Now, did you get the, the NES Classic as well? 
No, I I did not. That those things were in and out of the stores so dang fast. Uh, yeah, like I I didn't even know they were dropping. <laughs> you did hear that Nintendo was thinking about possibly dropping those NES classics again. Like I think it's like first quarter of next year. Yes, I I did hear that, and I think I think that's a good a good call on their part, just because the the demand is certainly there. So I mean, from a money making sense, it makes sense to go do that. But uh, th- I mean, there's a lot of people that that's that's kind of the the system that really launched them off into the gaming space. Uh, mm-hmm. For me, it's more the Super Nintendo. Even though I started on Atari 2600, the Super Nintendo was the system that cemented me as a lifelong gamer. So I've really been having fun with that and letting introducing my kids and, and wife to it and stuff. And that's been pretty much it. As far as watching things, uh, just started re-watching Game of Thrones again. Um, oh! <clears throat> yeah. And we watched the uh, the Defenders the Defender series on on, on uh, Netflix, which was pretty good, pretty good. It was kind of neat seeing all the the different Netflix characters, Marvel characters, come together to unite to conquer evil. How is it? I mean, is it like production value wise and acting and whatnot? I mean, is is it legit? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's definitely legit. If you enjoy, if you enjoy the Marvel films, and you're a fan of of, of Marvel comics, you're you're gonna enjoy. Uh, these shows, they each kind of have their own little, I don't want to say shtick because that kind of cheapens it, Yeah. but it's just kind of their own, I don't know, for lack of a better term, I'm just going to go with kind of like culture and general nuance to the show, you know, with, uh, I'd say of the main four, probably Iron Fist is my least favorite, but, okay. uh, Daredevil's incredible. The guy who plays him is awesome. I've heard good things about that. Yeah, yeah, Luke Cage is great. Jessica Jones is good. Um, I highly recommend seeing all of those those uh, Netflix shows and then going and watching The Defenders because you'll appreciate it better if you watch their individual Netflix shows first. And I think there's like two mm-hmm. seasons of Daredevil too. So, Okay. Yeah. Speaking of Marvel and Netflix, have you seen the, the trailer to The Punisher? <laughs> yeah. Dude, I've, I've watched that once per day ever since we've talked about it on the show. You need to watch <laughs> oh Daredevil goodness. season two if you haven't, because he's, he is in Daredevil season two a ton. Like that's where they, oh, that's really? where they first introduced the Punisher. He's one of the, the main characters in the second season of Daredevil. Well, that's definitely good to know. Yeah. Go watch Daredevil season the one. Same actors in there. Yep. Yeah. The guy from walking oh, dead, uh, the guy plays Shane. I can't think of his John, John uh, Bernthal. Bernthal yeah. Smith. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> John, John Doe. No, no. That guy. Ah. You know, I think it's uh, ironic that uh, your little uh, speaking points here that Metroid Prime has been playing in the background demoing. It has. Oh. Yeah. Irony right there. That's my favorite game all time. <laughs> I haven't even shown that to the girls yet because I know once I sit down and start playing it, <laughs> I'm going to be, you know, hogging the system. But, oh. Uh, that game That's and Secret crazy. of Mana are my like two favorite games all time, and they're both on that system. So I'm just tickled pink. But we can talk more about yeah. that later. Absolutely. Uh, anything else you've been watching or playing? I've been watching myself in the mirror. Ooh, Ooh yeah. yeah! What about playing? Uh, <laughs> oh my! <laughs> yeah. Oh, going to plead the fifth. Playing with the lint in my belly button. Yeah. No, I got to clean that out there. <laughs> I, the years have been good to me, and I've eaten many meals, so I have to dig oh, a little uh, deeper to get that lint now. <laughs> mm. 
The, Tastes like bacon. The belly. Close your eyes. It's almost like paprika. <laughs> the belly has become more uh, prodigious. We'll just put it that way. Well, on, let's see, for me, I've been playing Nobody kind of asked you, Russ, okay? No, okay. Oh. Yeah, I'm just kidding. I, we, we love you. How, what have you been playing, Russ? What have you been watching? What have you been doing? I require an air hug. <laughs> Give me a hug. <laughs> okay. Give me a hug. Yeah, pat yeah, you on the back a little bit, okay? Uh, no, I've been playing some Overwatch. Ooh. Been doing that with uh, you, of course. Been playing Destiny 2 <laughs> with uh, with Big Baby Moose over here. Um, actually, I got to say, with, with Destiny 2... Um, the, the, the gameplay mechanics are just spot on. I mean, Bungie knows how to make a first-person shooter so mm. well. I do wish... I think I mentioned in the last episode that I had um, beaten the campaign. And I can't remember if I told you this, Nick, but I went through... I went back to the Shard of Light or whatever, and I was able to acquire the... I don't know what they call it. It's like a the Vortex something or other. Mm, the Vortex. <laughs> The Vortex Walker. Because you you, you're working on Warlocks. So, yeah, you got your Void Walker subclass. That's what it is. Yeah. Like, all of a sudden, I'm able to, like, launch this amazing, like, I don't know, like, inverted purple spherical bomb thing that just, like, lays waste. It's pretty gratifying. Oh, it is. Um, that that Honestly, so. that class is probably. It's probably my favorite. It's most it's the most interesting. You can really tweak that class depending on which of the two trees you go on. The the, mm-hmm. the upper tree, you can do a lot of fun things where you can actually instead of throwing your grenade, you can devour it. That's the the term and so you eat the grenade and you'll get health back. So you can make yourself like crazy tanky uh doing that build. And then the bottom build, which is probably the one I like better, um, it makes it so you can just like melee people nonstop and generate health while you do so. So you just run around oh, just really? like slapping people in the face because warlocks don't punch. They, they slap people that all five fingers are out. Yeah. So pretty <laughs> what much. Five fingers in the face. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. That's what I say <laughs> half the time while I'm doing it actually. But, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's See, a fun class. You'll enjoy it. This is why I've been dying to get back into the game with you because I feel like I've unlocked some more of the different character attributes and I have no idea which ones are, are better than others. And I don't even know if like if I were to, to experiment, um, I've heard that certain parts to the game, like once you commit to a certain thing, that's it. You cannot go back. And so I'm... Um, I guess you could say I'm, I'm, I'm apprehensive about making those decisions until act, mm. after I've talked to you about it. So. What was that in reference to? Because uh, pretty much, I mean, once you unlock a skill tree, you can't like relock it, but you can jump between the two skill trees at any time. One of the things I heard about was in terms of, of the, um, I, don't, I don't know what the correct terminology is for, but it's like where you apply decals to like yourself or to a weapon or something. Oh, yeah. You're talking about the shaders and all that. Yeah. 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 They decided, and it's a weird decision because it wasn't like this in D2, uh, or pardon me, in D1, um, to make the shaders a consumable item instead of just a, you know, use it when you feel like kind of thing. Right. And right. so, yeah, if you're going to put the shaders on your armor or your guns, they're kind of there. And if you want to do another one, you're going to lose the shader you put on. The good news is shaders mm. drop constantly. So, uh, but yeah, what I've been doing is basically I've just been choosing my favorite pieces of armor. And uh, once I've got a set that I like, I go ahead and pick the shaders I like for it, put them on it, and then I lock it. Because you can lock your items so you don't accidentally delete them by clicking in. Mm. I think it's the left joystick. 
And uh, then what I do, if I get a new piece of armor that's higher light level, I just infuse it into that to bring it up to that light. So I can just keep using that same pretty set of armor that I've spent the money and shaders on. So yeah, you just have to be a little smarter with it. But honestly, initially it kind of rubbed me the wrong way. But now having had time to mess around with it and kind of see how often the shaders drop, uh, it doesn't bother me as much. You just got to be okay. just got to make sure once you commit to something that you're that you're happy with it or else it's going to cost you a shader and a glimmer to change it, which you get plenty of that stuff. So it doesn't really matter in regards to the actual character skill trees and the attributes. That's not the case, though. Right? No, like you if can I wanted to try jump between the two all you want. OK, well, no, that that makes me feel a whole lot better because I like I said, I've unlocked quite a few things, but I haven't actually assigned anything to them because I was like, I think I should probably talk to Nick. I am here I to bring you I, solace and comfort, Russ. That's why I'm here. I think when I start playing, <clears throat> it's going to be like the the South Park episode of Make War not, or Make Love Not Warcraft. Yeah, and, and I'm going to be like that guy who's just jumping around doing hip thrusts and like running <laughs> off like cliffs and shooting the walls. Like, okay, who's the new guy over here? <laughs> and then I'm going to be like, they're, you're going to you're going to we're all going to do a raid, and then it's going to be like the, the 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 main boss guy, and I'm just going to run in there and be like, oh. And you're like, okay, cloth. well, I guess she's going to be the distraction. <laughs> I was going to take him down so handedly. Yeah, Leroy oh, Jenkins doesn't work real good in Destiny Raids. It's <laughs> unfortunate. I hate to break it to you, Steve, but uh, that ain't, that ain't going to work. <laughs> you're going to be sorely disappointed. Yeah, actually, the thing about the raids that are fun in Destiny is that they really require a lot of communication and teamwork because most of the time you're almost like split. So half of you are doing one thing, half of you are doing another in order to create an opportunity to defeat the particular part of the raid you're on. Uh, and this newest raid, more so than any other, is very puzzle-oriented. So, mm. yeah, it's, it's, it's mm. interesting. It's interesting. But I don't want to give too much I, away. I personally cannot wait to have Steve join us because I think it's going to be a good time to be able to go romping through. I have not even tried any of the raids or the crucibles yet. And I think that's a good thing because I can go through with the other characters as well. I'll probably hold off on one just so I can play it with you. So we're both kind of starting out at the same level. And oh, right. Thanks. Through it. <sighs> not to mention the fact that it's going to be nice to have, uh, you whisper sweet nothings into my Indeed. headset. Yeah. So, and of course having Nick there as well. Got to try and, uh, I, I'm actually surprised at the amount of scheduling it takes to try and get, um, three people to like come on and i think it's just where i am in life it's just i'm no longer 16 years old i have all these duties and expectations placed upon my shoulders responsibilities mm -hmm. but i am confident it'll make it happen um i've also been playing rise of the tomb raider which again it's one of those games that the more i play the more i love it and i know nick i think you said you owned it but you haven't played it is that right uh not not rise i have the first one Whatever the, the first one. Yeah, right. and I, I just started it, and I mean, I liked what I played so far, but as is often the case with me being a father of two and working man, uh, gameplay time is kind of limited, and I, I won't lie, Destiny's been stealing my gameplay hours for a few years now, so. <laughs> Understandably. I have a large, large backlog of games to play. Now I've got an SNES Classic, and that's just going to make it that much worse. <laughs> Better? I guess it depends on your point of view. Oh, well, yeah. Uh, it's like I'm so tempted to like like just burst open the, the dam and start talking about it. But I'm like, no, no, it's not time yet. We cannot talk about it yet. We must restrain um, ourselves. Yes. They put put on the, 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 what is it, the chastity of restraint? I don't know. 
Mm. Something. <laughs> or other way around, the restraint of chastity. Oh, maybe, yeah. <laughs> it's funny how that goes either way. It work. In terms of watching stuff, I saw the movie The Founder. Have you guys seen that? No. No. Okay. Can't say I have, Russell. Have you, have you heard of it? No. I don't get out much. Oh, I'm excited <laughs> now. Okay, so The Founder stars Michael Keaton, who you know. Oh, is this awesome. is the McDonald's movie. Yeah. Uh, it's on my watch list. Yeah, I forgot the name of it, but yeah, the it's on my watch McDonald's list. McDonald's movie? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so check this out. Um, it, it's based on, on the actual true story of how McDonald's came to be. And so it takes place back in like 1954 or something like that. And Michael Keaton plays the guy who's this, I mean, I think his name, if I remember correctly, was like, I think it was Ray Charles. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> it was, what the heck was this? Bruce Wayne. No, no, no. Oh. It was Ray something. Anyway, he's the, he's the salesman that has been going around trying to um, peddle these different types of um, products and items and stuff. And, and he's getting by and you know, he's able to, to, to pay the mortgage and that sort of thing. And he eventually meets the McDonald's brothers who are in Southern California and they have opened the, this McDonald's shop, and, and he's just amazed by how they have completely reinvented the wheel in terms of how you make a burger, how you don't have to wait 30 minutes, you wait 30 seconds, how there's no plate or utensils, you just you have a, this little wrapped uh, burger that you eat out of and you throw it away. Um, they go through the entire thought process of what they did, and I don't want to spoil it too much, but... There was a scene in particular I thought was so neat, which was that the brothers went to a tennis court, an outdoor public tennis court, and they used the, the actual court itself as their blueprint. They, they brought with them like a bunch of chalk, and then they like did this huge like life-sized um, like kitchen layout, like basically what the dimensions of the, the first McDonald's kitchen would look like. And then they brought a bunch of teenagers to like, you know, stand at their positions within this tennis court and go through the motions. And they had to like do concept ideation on this tennis court to figure out what worked and what didn't work. It, it was just amazing. Like, like that's how you would basically create a wireframe back in the fifties. Cause right. there were no computers or anything like that. I mean, you could tell like how much like farther into the game, the brothers were that, that, you know, they were essentially disruptors in the food industry. Um, so anyway, you see what happens. I'm not going to say what happens at the end, but I will say you guys really should check it out. Right. It is a good movie. Michael Keaton, you can't go wrong with, of course. Um, and, and just, just seeing like how it started and where it ended up today. There, there is quite a bit in there where you do, you feel for the characters. There's, there's, I, again, I don't want to spoil it, but, um, I, I recommend it. I think it's it's a it's a good film. Hmm. Well, I say let's segue into one of the big topics, which is the fact that the Joygasm website is officially live. It's live. It's live. <laughs> We're doing it live. <laughs> Finally. We're doing it live. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, for one, am very excited about this just because I've been working on it for the past like three months, mm. just in my my downtime and that sort of thing. So, what I want to know is, from the two of you handsome, beastly gentlemen, what are your thoughts on uh, just the website overall? It's really high res, Russ. Really high res. Oh, I like it. it it's, it's maroon. I think that's the color. Yeah. I like that, I'm, that, that my pictures are on it. <laughs> my face is there. It's like, I look, I look, 
great. I'm on it too. That's neat. <laughs> <laughs> I love the picture of you guys when you click on uh, the hosts. <laughs> oh, yeah, Steve's yeah, yeah. shirt is the best. <laughs> it looks like this facial expression. I've got skills. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's really clean. I actually I like it. it. It flows well. I really like that you have got, you know, like your uh, Xbox gamer scores and stuff on there and whatnot. Mm-hmm. It's definitely fun. It has a lot of per- your personality kind of built into it. I think that's a great thing because it kind of, you know, flows from the show. If anybody's heard the show, they go to the uh, website. They're going to see that the same kind of whimsical attitude that you guys have kind of has translated to the site itself. Oh, awesome. I like that. There's a heart that right under... Uh right above global community because we love the global community yeah we do it's our heart Mm -hmm. actually that is something that's that's worth mentioning on the about page um i thought it was it was important to list kind of the the four main pillars of what makes joygasm the first one was was production value and on there it says we strive to entertain using high production value methodology and so that goes into our audio podcast and that will also go into just any kind of future expansion that we plan to do for the show. The second pillar is easy listening. And this is something that Steve and I talked about at great length, which is just that, um, you know, the day-to-day grind can be exhausting. And it's one of those things where, like, when you're driving to work or if you're driving from work back home and you're, you're stuck in traffic, what is it that you want to listen to that that's entertaining? And I found that like it, w- it would just be great if we could approach the show in a manner that just makes it feel like like whoever's on it, whether it's just Steve and myself or or we have guests like you, Nick, on the show. It feels like like we're just buddies of the listener in the back seat of their car, just yucking it up and and talking about things that that you know people like to chat about, which is video games, movies, pop culture, that sort of thing. Uh, the, the third pillar, of course, is the global community, which, which Steve touched upon there. And one of the things that I think is is such a, a special treat for us is the fact that the the stats from that I received from the podcast show that we have indeed an international audience. And it's been growing slowly but surely. And we now have listeners, literally, I mean, like we have them not only in the United States, but in Canada, Germany, France, Spain. United Arab Emirates, Brazil, India, Japan. Uh, I, I don't have all the, the whole list in front of me, but we have a very cosmopolitan group of listeners that have listened to the show and have come back for more. And that really does um, just spur us on to like continue to making it the most enjoyable and fun it can be because it's just, I don't know. I, I never thought that other countries who doesn't have English as a first language would, would spend the time listening to us. And, and that's something that, I mean, Steve, you can jump in here too. I mean, like what, what, what were you, what was your reaction when you realized that we had gone just beyond the States? No, I was pretty impressed. I mean, it happened pretty quick. Uh, cause I remember being uh, in the closet before we were up, up <laughs> you know, in the main uh, room with the table here. Uh, and we're you're kicked out by the wife. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, you see, and actually, you started saying we had forty people listening to us, and I thought, oh, it's more than just you and I. You're like, uh huh, neato. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And then you said, uh, once I think uh, the, the episode before or after we uh, we graduated from the closet to the uh, <laughs> we came out of the closet. <laughs> yeah. Um, then you said, uh, you know, we had moved on from beyond our shores, and uh, it was pretty neat. Well, and it's just rewarding, isn't it? Like, like, just whenever we get a new 
country that all of a sudden comes into the family itself. I mean, it's just once again, it's like, wow, now we have someone else. Welcome sure. to the show. Yeah. Great. I'd have to say probably the really cool thing about that, too, is it's it's a, a good social reminder that, you know, we're all on the same planet together. We all are into the same kind of things. You know, we may be from different places, different creeds, different colors, you, you name it. But but we're all just people. We all like doing the same stuff. We like to talk about the same things. We like to watch the same things. It's a good same reminder. Interest in everything, yeah. It really is. I mean, that, that's, a, that's a good point. I think that's one of the cool things, too, about when, if you go to, like, a, an event of sorts, like a conference, whether it's, like, E3 or Comic-Con or whatever it is, and you do have folks who fly in, whether it's folks from the United States that will go over to the to Europe or to Japan or, you know, folks from, from those places coming here, there's that, that commonality that exists, and it's just, it's a very gratifying um, rewarding sensation that you get when all of a sudden, like you, you meet someone, and you're like, "Oh my gosh, you're not from here, but we have this, yeah. this interest, this common interest that's here." And by the end of the day, I mean, you guys are just like just exchanging contact info. Yeah, you're I friends. Mean, I, I think a lot of that also goes into when we play games as well. Like if if uh, we're playing uh, Halo or or you know Destiny. I know Nick, you've talked about how you've had lots of experiences playing Destiny where you have made lifelong friendships as a result of playing the game of folks who, you know, maybe they live here in the States or maybe they live abroad, but um, there is that that one universal thing that just, I don't know, it, it's definitely the cherry on top, if you like. I'd agree with that. The, uh, the fourth pillar that I put on here is work and play. And on here, I just put a little blip, it says Joygasm is a passion project involving working hard and playing hard. And so I I think the one of the main purposes of having that is to almost act as a reminder for for me as well as just anyone who's on the show, which is the fact that it does take a lot of work to be able to produce this on a weekly basis, and especially with the plans we have to, in order to, to make it even better, it's going to take a lot of um, dedication. But at the same time, one of the things that that Steve and I talked about early on was that we never wanted this to become a job. This is something that we knew it would take you know, our, our attention, it would take tenacity and, and discipline, that sort of thing. But at the same time, I never wanted it to become a stressful situation. I always wanted it to be more of like a, a, a method or, or a, a platform for us to be able to just express what we're into, just our passion for gaming, our passion for movies, just, just that cinematic entertainment. And so that I felt like it was important to have that there. But um yeah, I mean, going through the the, the about page here, um, this is definitely like phase one, and the the website itself will be going through multiple phases as we go into the future. When we have plenty of more photos and video and that sort of thing, but um, what are your thoughts, Nick, on the the about page in general? Do you? I know that you were saying it has that that whimsical kind of feel, which is good. Do you feel like it it, it properly represents the the personas of us? Absolutely. And that, that, I think that's what I was getting at by saying that is, that, yeah, your guys' personalities shine through uh, in the about section as well as it's it's very clean. It's easy to move through. It's easy to read, easy on the eyes. Like a lot of times I'll go to other websites and the setup is very chaotic. They're just they're trying to cram so much into such a tiny space and it just doesn't flow good for the eyes. It's not aesthetically pleasing. Uh, I think that this thing kind of hits all those checkboxes as well. Uh, but I think the most important thing to come out of the at least the about section 
is the fact that it really does let your guys' personality and the personality of your show shine through. Except that I'm much better looking in real life than in these pictures. <laughs> well, you know, the, the, the lens adds about 50 pounds. Uh, now, on the home screen here, I wanted to, to go back to this for a moment. So part of what I did, if you scroll down, and for those of you listening, if you can, you can check it out, um, I wanted to include samples of what it is that, that we provide. And so there is a section called Recent Joygasm Podcast Episodes. The idea behind this is just for folks who have not subscribed, who just heard about us and are checking us out, they can actually play um, one of these here that I've grouped together. And I'll probably periodically update it, but I'll, you know, with just one certain episodes that I feel is, are, are stronger than others. Um, and then if you scroll down further, there are actual instructions to showcase, hey, you know, for those of you who aren't really um, podcast diehards out there, here are your simple one, two, three instructions. Whether you're using an Android or an iPhone, you can be able to go through that. Of course, we have a call to action underneath that, which will take you to our Patreon page, and we'll discuss that in just a bit. But right below that um, is where we have our Joygasm YouTube podcast videos. At this point in time, these are um, going to be updated as, as we publish each podcast episode on YouTube. You'll see it appear here as well. And these are also audio-based. These are not going to be um, videos that play. It's just in a video format, so that way people can, can see us if they prefer YouTube as their platform. The, uh, the other thing, of course, too, is that we have a contact page on our website. And this is um, just a, a great method if you if you're interested in, in getting in touch with us you know I, I know that you hear us or you well me most of the time just just rattling off all those different things if you have any questions comments concerns that sort of thing this is another avenue to get directly in touch with us and, and we definitely want your feedback we want to be able to know what you like what you don't like what you know perhaps like if you, you have a suggestion for something oh <laughs> I love you man love you man yeah. And I love you. Oh, oh but I love you. Too. Snap. There's a whole lot of man love in here. Yeah, it's a bromance. It's, let's be real. That's like agape. It. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> and, of course, on the lower part of the contact screen here, um, I just thought it'd be fun to include a little uh, Google map showing precisely, not precisely, but, you know, generally speaking, precisely, where we are uh, based out of. So, you know. A little, little, little bit of how you do, a little howdy doody time. Mm. Get, get acquainted. A little handshaking. Are there anything that? Let me ask you, Steve. What, Russ? Are what? What else would you like to see in the future for the Joygasm website? I would like to see uh, maybe a, a, some clips of us actually playing games because we always talk about it. And uh, you know, if, if folks aren't on Twitch, or maybe they are, maybe they are not, but maybe they miss us uh, if, if we're not playing. Mm -hmm. um, I miss you. So maybe just. Ah, mm. mm. <laughs> uh, uh, man, distracting me. Uh, so, <laughs> but you know, we, we talk about it. So, I mean, there's maybe some footage of us actually playing the games, um, or you know, we always talk about Overwatch and, oh, yeah. and uh, whatever else. So, I mean, nice to capture some expressions, maybe, and um, ham it up a bit. You know, I was thinking about as we expand on the Joygasm YouTube page, we'll have different playlists on there. I was thinking maybe I could have just certain sections, like if, if we have our play of the week, for example, as that grows, perhaps I could add that to the, the page as well. What would you think about having some of our, uh, our tunes, our music? 
music on the uh, on the page. Yeah, load it up. Have a little bit of background music. I <laughs> thought about that. Oh, we can just beatbox the entire time. It'll be us, and we'll copyright it. <laughs> <laughs> so there, I mean, that is a possibility. There is kind of a general rule of thumb where. You don't necessarily want to have background music playing constantly on the website just because music is so subjective. It'd be one thing where perhaps what we could do is we could have the theme song play for like the first five seconds and fade out just so you get a little little something, something. I like my beatbox idea. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll put that into the I think you should just have, uh, have it the, the audio from when we were waxing about the Xbox controller. Oh, running. Oh. Every time they load the page, that's going to happen. Be like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to add that into the list, actually. I'm not sure if I put that one in there. That, that's a classic. Load it up, and it'll be like, ooh, yeah. Billy, what are you watching? <laughs> Nothing more on all the Georgiasm websites. <laughs> ooh, yeah, I like the B button. <laughs> Smooth. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> And it's been derailed again. I'm terrible. I'm sorry. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Derailment is encouraged. Um, so, yeah, I, I definitely think that it's worth putting some things in here that perhaps will um, provide more of a, a rich internet experience for sure. I'm trying to think if there's anything else in here. I think that's pretty much like the meat and potatoes of it. You need more me on about it. Let's just be real. Need, yeah, that and some uh, asparagus. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> we need a whole balanced meal on here, Rob. Once again, it's joygasm.tv. So for those of you who are interested, if you want to see some pictures of Steve and myself, as well as some of the other little goodies that we have on there, please go check us out. We definitely want to uh, see what you think. Moving right along into the next topic, which is Patreon. Now, this is something that has also been um, on the to-do list for some time. If you go to patreon.com slash joygasm, that is our page that we have just launched. It's gone live today as of this recording. And this is where uh, anyone who's interested, who loves our show and wants to be able to contribute uh, financially to us, this is where you do it. And we've got a whole list of different reward tiers set up for you that I figured it would be nice to just to kind of go over really quickly. But the idea being that, you know, in order for us to execute on our future plans for the show, and believe me, we have some, some big ideas. We need to be able to buy the necessary gear, be able to fly out the, the necessary people. Like for instance, like Nick, you know, as an example, I would love to be able to have you here in the studio, just being able to, to talk to us. Cause I feel like there is something that that is lost by having you do this um, from your home in Seattle. So things like that, being able to pay for logistics, being able to, to have high profile interviews, that sort of thing. So I'm so high profile. I'm a big deal. You, 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 you are a big deal. <laughs> the big deal, baby moose. Yeah, that's going to be a rowdy episode when that finally happens. Uh, oh, it's, it's going to be great. As I sit in my, my, my living room with my kids playing yeah. Super Nintendo in the other room. Yeah, I'm a big deal. Huge deal. <laughs> Now, normally I'm not really into like having to like push and promote stuff in this capacity, but I feel it's important since we have this launch to be able to kind of spread the word and build awareness on this because this is going to like help cultivate this community that's that ultimately is why we're doing this passion project in the first place. Um, the, the first tier that we have in, on the, uh, the reward section here is that for $1, 
You will get early access to our weekly podcast, which appears here on the, the Patreon page each week, one day early before it launches everywhere else. Plus, once a month, we will plop out a patron-only bonus podcast episode containing a myriad of, to- of uh, topical possibilities. And that that's just, you know, Steve and I will have to come up with something and, and it'll be a fun little little extra gimme that we'll, <laughs> we'll put out there as a piece of digital swang. Oh my gosh, um, I have to interrupt you. I'm sorry. What? What? So I'm reading through your, your Patreon um, rewards, depending on your donation numbers. And I just oh, gotta yeah. say, I got to the Joygasm fan mail, $30 or more per month. Uh-huh. And this is just gold. <laughs> what kind of design do you ask? It could be a professional photograph from Russ's archive. He's freelance for over 15 years. <laughs> a sketch, perhaps a lousy but amusing creative attempt by Steve. That's fabulous. <laughs> I will have you know that was not me. That was actually Steve. I was writing that out. I'm like, oh, I, I want to try and communicate that, like, you know, I have different, like, artistic skills over the last, like, 15 years. I'm a professional in these different capacities. And then Steve's Steve lousy like, attempts. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kudos to Steve on that one. Oh, I'm always fabulous. the butt of the jokes, but that's okay with me. <laughs> oh, no, it's okay. Hey, Everyone loves Steve. I like big butts. I cannot lie. <laughs> I like big butts and I cannot lie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. You are. Wow. <laughs> okay. I, I, I had to get that out. It was going to eat itself out of me if I, if I didn't say it. There we go. Also, the uh, the $1 tier grants you access to the Joygasm activity feed where we will post all sorts of goodies, including photos, updates, requests for feedback, that sort of thing. So it's kind of the entry-level position that, um, once again, a dollar doesn't seem like a lot. In fact, if, if there is someone who decides to um, be able to, to gain access to us through the, this particular tier, that's like $12 a year. It's extremely cheap. But the idea being that you know, if you have more and more folks coming in and, and are willing to support us at that level, then that adds up and compounds upon itself. And suddenly we are able to finance our, you know, having uh, people flown out, having the ability to, to buy more professional gear for our, our future endeavors and whatnot. And I think that we've talked about this in the past on the show, but the idea, the, the, the end game, if you will, is that we want to be able to make the jump into video. Video is a very big to do item on our list. And that requires a lot of money, especially considering the fact that we want to be high production value going back to those pillars. And so, you know, iPhones are not going to cut it. We need to be able to have the same, same kind of gear that, that I'm used to using when I'm on my, my day job. And that costs thousands of dollars. And we want to, you know, we need camera gear, lighting gear, reflectors. We need set deck decorations. We need to be able to, like I said, pay for folks' flights if, if they are coming out. If there's an event we need to cover, we need to fly ourselves out to, right. to something. So that's where this stuff comes in. Now, the second tier is the giveaway drawing. And this is something that is really exciting for all of our listeners out there, which is that um, for two bucks, instead of one dollar, the two dollar tier is that each month we are going to be giving away a video game. And so by subscribing at the, the second tier, the two dollar tier here, each month you will automatically be entered into this drawing for a chance to win. What do you think about that, Nicholas? I like games. <laughs> <laughs> no. Games are who doesn't like winning stuff and who doesn't like games? I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably like games. 
Absolutely. And actually, the other thing too is is the fact that you get all of the earlier earlier rewards from the tier um, one, I guess you could say, the $1 tier. So it's, it, once again, the tiers are designed to compound upon themselves as well. Um, again, the one after that, you have a $5 tier, which is called Never Tell Me the Odds. Basically, that increases your chance of winning the free game each month because you'll be entered twice into the drawing. Uh, after that, there's another tier, which is the on-air shout-out, where, you know, jumping in at this tier, um, you, you know, what we'll do is we'll give you a personal thank you on the show. Um, we have another tier, it's the $20 tier, which is you can ask Joygasm whatever you want, and we'll we'll talk about it on the show. So th- there's quite a few on here. I won't go on to each and every one on here, but I definitely encourage you guys to check it out because there is quite a bit. Um, and I mean... I don't know. I'm Chatty Cathy over here. Steve, what do you have any comments regarding Patreon? I think we should include an in-between tier of not only the uh, the game giveaway, but a, a Blu-ray giveaway, right? Oh. <clears throat> that is definitely a possibility. We'll have to look into that. Yeah. Indeed. What other thoughts do you have regarding the uh, Patreon site? Are you? Uh, well, let me ask you this. Are you excited, Steve? I'm excited and I'm humbled because, um, you know, I, I, I like giving gifts, Russ. I'm a person who likes to give gifts, but I, I, I feel weird when people give me gifts. You know what I mean? I, I know that sounds weird. I have, you have to be in my head and in my heart to really understand it. But at the same time, it's kind of a, if this is expected to, to jump to the levels that people want it to and sure. that we want it to, yeah. we need a little bit of a boost. Absolutely. Yeah. My wife's same way, yeah. Steve. She, she doesn't like getting gifts. She likes giving gifts. She doesn't like getting gifts. Yeah, Christmas is the worst. (laughs) (laughs) Look, I got you this thing. She's like, "Oh, okay, yeah." yeah, Don't don't look at me while I unwrap it because it makes me feel awkward. (laughs) Like, okay, (laughs) I'm getting glared at right now. (laughs) Nice, (laughs) but inside she's going, "Yes, I got it." You know, and we actually talked about, I think I wrote this toward the end of, of just the, the little intro on Patreon, which is that at the end of the day, the exclusive treats are, are not what our Patreon is solely about. Um, you know, for all the listeners out there, you believe in what we're doing, care about its success, and ultimately want to help Joygasm grow. And we want to reward you for that. And so it's, it's, a, it's a great you know, kind of almost like a bartering system where like you're, you're essentially buying into the dream and we're, we want to be able to have different methods of saying, Hey, thank you very much. Really appreciate that. Think of it as an investment opportunity. There you go. little community investing. I like it. Investing and reinvesting. Hmm. Steve. Yes. Yes. Do you know what time it is? Noon. (laughs) No. The topic of the day is the SNES Classic Purchase Experience. This is one of the biggest events of the year. And I know that all three of us decided to go out and try and grab the world by the tail and wrap it around and put it in our pocket. (laughs) Procure. And it sounds to me like we were all very successful. Hmm. So I think what I want to do is... I was successful... (laughs) (laughs) 
I was, Russ. Yes, you were. Yes, you were. Go ahead. I want to start off with Nick. Hi. And, uh, (laughs) what? Hello. I want to know what was your overall experience picking up? Like, like if you could just, just recount, paint the picture. How was it for you during your, your SNES classic purchase experience? Well, let's see. I have to start from the beginning. So we'd have to go first. There was darkness. Wait, no, no, wait, that's something different. No, so (laughs) that's too far. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, oddly enough, you know, I had been kind of thinking over the day, planning, coming up with, you know, a strategy on how I was going to acquire one of those fine little boxes. And uh, initially I was like, okay, I'm going to do the GameStop thing. I'm going to go, I'm going to get up at like three o'clock in the morning. I'm going to go get in line. And I'm going to go pick up one of these Super NES Classic Editions and I'm going to go to work afterward and life is going to suck. So, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. You know, so I was, I was, that was kind of my plan. But then I talked to Russ on my early drive in and uh, he was saying, yeah, we're going to try a couple things and hit up a couple places and see what's going on. And I was like, well, if you do that, you need to give me the info, the 411. And how that goes. Cuatro uno uno. Yeah, being that you're a couple hours ahead of me, I figured, you know, you'd be a good source. Because you're like, you're like in the future, man. It's like my own personal <laughs> flux capacitor. It's awesome. And and uh, so, yeah. So I went ahead and that was my plan. But then I called you in the evening and you're like, we're at Walmart. They have them here. They're doing a midnight release. I was like, I'm on it. So, mm-hmm. so my awesome wife called Walmart and talked to the electronics people because I hate phones and found out that they, in fact, at the Walmart near my home had 40 of them, to which point I said, I love you, children. I love you, wife. I may not be back. (laughs) And I ran out the door. And so, yeah, I went and got in line. (laughs) But I also love Nintendo. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Precisely. I hit that minivan and I just had them wheels just burning. Oh my gosh. That's hardcore dad stuff right there, man. Spinning out in the minivan. The, the you way you say goodbye to your family, I, I could totally see you in like a Viking helmet with like a bunch of like fox furs <laughs> wrapped around your neck and you have your shield on your mm-hmm. back. A very plasticky like Metroid Prime helmet oh, on. Oh yeah, you know, and, and, and I just, wearing? I just you know, I stepped outside the door and I was like, oh, yeah, exactly. With a battle axe <laughs> in my hand. And but yeah, so I went ahead and whipped down there, and it was about seven o'clock in the evening, and I would got in the line. I was the third person in line, so that was pretty sweet. So I didn't have to wait long after twelve o one, and uh, yes, after I got there, I'd say probably was a couple people got in the line after me, and then about an hour after that, people really started pouring in, and I would say probably three hours to midnight, they had already had you know forty people in line. So all of their Super NES classics were spoken for at that point. Mm-hmm. And the cool thing was that Walmart ended up doing is they actually went through and they just gave each of us a number. And that way, when people were coming after and they knew that their stock was gone, they just let them know, hey, you don't want to stand in line. The, you know, the, the units are all spoken for. So people didn't have to waste their time and stand in line and then get up to the counter and be disappointed. So kudos to Walmart for their, their way in handling that. And it was a very pleasurable experience as a result for, for most of us. But yeah, it was great because, you know, you're sitting in line with all these people. We're all here to get the same thing. And I, 
of the people that were in line, I don't think any of them was buying one for the secondary market. They all seemed to be getting one because they loved the Super Nintendo and they wanted to enjoy all these old nostalgic games that were such a key part of their growing up experience. Varying ages, a lot of people close to my age, you know, mid mid to late 30s. And uh, I just had a great time, honestly. He's talking to people about, you know, different games that we loved, which games on the system we were excited about, games that we wished were on the system that aren't there. Uh, and it was it was really cool. It was really cool because it's just, you know, total strangers. But yet again, kind of like we were talking about earlier, all brought together under the same passion. And so you could just immediately start talking to people in line. And it was great because there's like probably six guys around me and one gal. And we were all just cracking jokes and talking old school gaming. And yeah, it was a really positive experience. And even though, I mean, it was five hours, it's not a short time to sit in line. I think the last time I sat in a line that long actually was with you when we went to see the re-releases of Star Wars at the Petaluma Cinemas when we were in high school. so man. Way back in the day. Yeah, so I hadn't done anything like that in a while, but the five hours went by pretty quick, and uh, yeah, I got to say, all in all, good experience. Good experience, worth the wait. Awesome. Yeah, we um, had a very similar experience when we went to Walmart. We actually, that was not our plan. Our original plan was we uh, we had heard that there was a Best Buy that was, um, I think it was based kind of up in the, the Frisco area, and I had a couple of colleagues at work who, I mean, they were absolutely diehard Nintendo fans. And so they were strategizing and planning what they want to do, how they're going to do it. And so we came up with this, this whole idea that, hey, let's just uh, have the four of us meet in line. We'll just, you know, basically spend the night in line um, because Best Buy wasn't going to be offering their, their SNES classics until the next morning around like, I think, 8 a.m. or so. Yeah. And what ended up happening was I started to think about, well, the, 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 the town that we live in is a lot smaller than these other towns. And so I started to think, well, maybe we could just stop off at like the local GameStop and see if there's a line there or not, just to see what it's like. And perhaps we could stay there. And then actually, this is kudos to the wife. She actually suggested that we check out the Walmart here locally. And so I ended up calling him, same kind of deal. And they said, yeah, we have, uh, what was it, 31 of them. Mm-hmm. And so I couldn't believe it. I asked them, well, are you going to be selling this at midnight? They said, yeah. And I thought to myself, well, we might be able to do this a lot sooner than I thought. And so it was so funny because I, <laughs> I had already told Steve, hey, we're going to go. We're going we're gonna to leave at midnight. We're going to drive out. You know, it's going to take me like a 40-minute or 45-minute drive or so out to this location you're gonna i'm gonna introduce you to two guys you don't know we're gonna hang out in in line for like eight hours and that ended up not happening because we go to this walmart location and sure enough we get there there are only six people that are in line ahead of us and they were just the 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 nicest coolest people and it was one of those funny situations for me personally because i'm a lot older now you know i'm no longer like 16 or even in my 20s and it's one of those things where it's like I don't know, like, like you know, when, you, when you're younger, you're more sprightly, you're, you're more youthful and healthy, you can handle waiting in lines, that sort of thing. And I had kind of a realization at that moment where I was like, oh my gosh, I'm old. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I had that same one. Like, why am I having to stand this line for? You know, and, and that never, ever bothered me until the, this moment, which uh, it wasn't like I was, I was totally put out or anything like that. It was kind of a, a combination of 
still having the inner child really being excited. Hey, I'm in line. I know I'm going to get this thing. This is super cool. This is an event. This is something that I've been waiting for. And then, but then now it was, <laughs> it was coupled with kind of like, almost like my old man, like our dad was coming in like, why can't you guys just sell it to us now? Yeah. Only people in line, you know? <laughs> yeah. It was pretty funny. Like how that, that all kind of ended up, kind of, I don't know, going tit for tat in my head. But overall, though, I was really impressed. I thought that that Walmart did a fantastic job. To be honest, I was kind of dreading it because I've I've seen so many stories about how, like, fights break out at Walmart oh, yeah. or the someone, someone gets shanked. <laughs> yeah, oh. just, 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 just these horrible situations. And I was like, I, don't, I do not want to be in the middle of a riot. I don't want to have to, like... <laughs> That's an yes riot. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag. It's just crazy that like just just some of the stuff All I've seen. It but... turns into real life super punch out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I mean, thankfully, none of that happened. Everybody who was in line was very friendly, very polite. They were gracious. And kudos to Walmart for actually doing the ticketing system. That was something that um, I had heard that Best Buy did back when the NES Classic came out. I don't know if Walmart did that as well, but seeing them do that, it's just the best system in the world because it guarantees you a unit. Like you, yeah, you have that, you have that, that slip of paper in your hand. You don't have to wait in line. You can go back to your car. You can go shop around if you sure. want, buy a, a soda or something, come back in line. It's just, it's very orderly. Um, and it was just a delightful experience. I think we were in line for what, three hours? No, oh, yeah. Three hours. Seemed like a lot longer than that, but <laughs> it was definitely five. three hours. Yeah. Yeah. Five. That's, uh, that's, uh, wow. Now, what's interesting is that the guy who was first in line at the Walmart that we went to had been there since 4 p.m. Mm-hmm. We got there, I think, at 9. Yeah. 9 p.m. And they weren't giving him out till 12. So I don't know. I mean, what was that? Eight hours in line? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And what was kind of funny was that you, someone apparently at Walmart had give, given him a chair. It would look like it was like a chair from the break room or something <laughs> to sit on. Like they probably took pity on the poor guy. But he was just as nice as can be as well and just enjoyed talking with the folks around you and around him, excuse me. And um, so what I ended up doing was I contacted one of the colleagues from work and I said, hey, they have 31 units here and there's only like eight or nine people in line. You guys should come over this way. And sure enough, one of them decided to make the trek, which was like an hour drive for him. But he was driving like, I don't know, he said his needle hit the the 100 mile per hour notch a couple of times. (laughs) And it was in the rain and everything else was at nighttime. He got there. He got number 29 out of 31. There you go. Yeah, it was just insane. But it was great to see him there. I got to introduce uh, him to Steve, and uh, that was a lot of fun as well. And then just, you know, at, at the end, when, when everyone was receiving their SNES Classic, everyone was just also kind of uh, saying their goodbyes to people who they've been chatting with. And yeah. Lying, like, all right, yeah, hope you have fun. Yeah, way to go, dude. You know, and it's just having that camaraderie is, is kind of the icing on the cake for a situation like that. Yeah. We had the same thing happening with the, uh, there was one guy right next to me. It's funny. He was a teacher and he was getting a substitute for the next day. Cause he's calling out. <laughs> that is so cool. <laughs> so I, was, I was having a good time talking to him and stuff. And yeah, and we both walked out together cause he's right. He was right behind me. And, uh, 
And yeah, we were, we were doing the exact same thing. Like, Hey man, you know, have a great time. And he's like, yeah, you too, man. Enjoy the system. You know, that was, it was a cool experience. Yeah. Well, I got to tell it from my perspective, Rose. <clears throat> Cause you called me, like you said. <laughs> and so I, I had settled down for the evening. Like, okay, oh, that, this is the plan. And no problem. I'll be at his house and meet up, you know, nine o'clock and we'll go over and whatever. So I'm like, okay, I'll make something to eat around. Like, well, no, no. I said, meet me at my house at midnight. Yeah. Well, no, you said 11. You said 11. Oh, 11 o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Me, so I'm thinking, okay, I'll make something to eat around like nine or whatever. And uh, I'll just finish what I'm doing. And then I think I was actually playing Forza. And then you call, you're like, new plan. This is what's up. Okay. I'm like, uh, what, Russ? Like, you know, you just, we just got off the phone like 20 minutes ago. <laughs> You're like, okay, Steve, we're going to Walmart. You got to get here like now. I'm like, now? Like, I, my laundry's <laughs> not done. Now? I don't have any underwear. <laughs> I, I had the whole day like planned to catch up with everything. You're standing here free balling. <laughs> yeah, free balling. Mm, and um, I'm like, I'm not going to go to Walmart freaking commando. So, <laughs> um, <clears throat> so I, I told you, like, I don't have anything. To, I haven't even made dinner yet. Like, get over here. I have frozen burritos. All right, gonna, <laughs> just get over here now. I'm like, all right. <laughs> Peel out of the neighborhood, get here, cook the burritos. Russ is pacing back and forth. I totally in, was in the fan room. I'm like, okay, I better eat fast. So these things are scalding hot. I'm eating bean and cheese burritos, like shoving them down my gullet. And so not only like am I scalding my mouth, but I mean, I, you know, I have this rock in my gut. You're like, okay, let's go. We go to Walmart. <laughs> And there's people waiting in line and we're all like just wide eyed, like, okay, just still just go to the back. Are we, are we in the right place? Like we're on the back of the store. And the guy looks at us. Who's been there at four goes, yep. Without us saying anything, he goes, yep, you're in the right place. <laughs> get in line. And we're like, okay. So we get in line. And then, um, there was this dude there with his entire family, which was pretty freaking awesome. Like his kids were there. He had a little small army. He had like four kids and his wife, which is pretty cool. And, uh, but all of a sudden, like, and when, when people were started talking, I got real self-conscious because I have bean and cheese burrito <laughs> breath with scalded mouth. And so my breath reeks. Not only that. Yeah, really. So I don't want, I, I feel self-conscious about talking to everybody. So I'm going, hmm, that's <laughs> pretty cool. I try to like, just not, you know, envelop everybody in my cloud. And then. My, my stomach started to swell, like with, you know, just getting like gas pains. I'm like, I don't want to lose my place in line. I, the good thing I got my number. I'm just going to go walk away. Like, Steve, where are you going? Where are you going, Steve? Hang out. I'm like, I got to go away, Russ. Don't ask me to tell me. <laughs> don't, don't expect me to explain why, please. Oh, boy. That was really funny. But it, yeah, it got, <clears throat> I forgot how, like, just waiting in line forever just makes you so tired. It I mean, usually really does. I can stay up to one and two, you know, problem playing games, but that's because there's stuff that's going on. After a while, like, I'm Pete, there's, I want to get out of here. I was too. It was like, it got to be about 11 o'clock. And I turned, I remember turning to you and I was like, man, I feel tired. Yeah. Why do I feel so tired? Because you're like, old. This is weird. I think you're right. <laughs> I, uh, I, I got to give kudos to the Walmart staff though, because they, they were positive and they were happy. And yeah, you know, I mean, I've been in the retail industry for the longest time and there's a point like when it's getting late and it's time to close and you have some of the, the straggler customers left mm -hmm. who've already like worked the entire day and they're already kind of bitter and they're kind of pushing that on you. You're, you're just done with it as well. And they, those guys are staying happy the whole entire time and, and optimistic and helpful. And, and that, that was just really cool. But, 
After, I mean, I'm telling you, whenever their phone was ringing or people are walking by, I, I did feel self-conscious. Like someone's going to pull me aside. Like, hey, can you help me find something? I'm like, no, <laughs> no, I cannot. <laughs> Never again. Oh, man. You know, one of the other things. <laughs> oh, oh, I was going to say, that was probably one of the funniest and funnest things about being there. I mean, it's kind of messed up. This is going to paint me in a bad light, but oh, well. So <laughs> was the guy, the poor guy at the counter who's getting calls nonstop. I mean, literally within an hour of me being there, he must have gotten called about 150 times. And, oh, hey, do you have the NES Classic? So once we get the 45 people in line with their tickets... You know, people are still calling. It was amazing. There were people who were calling like 10 to midnight, like they were going to get one. I'm like, apparently you've never done this before. Yeah. Yeah. But he, the, the poor guy, he's just like trying to think up creative, nice ways to let people down. And you're like, mm, you know, <laughs> it's what you there's just do. not really any good way for me to say this. So I'm going to come out and say it. Yeah. We you're don't late. got any. You're too late. <laughs> you waited too long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like he kept too late. Yeah. It was funny because he could see us watching him kind of like chuckling and stuff. And he came over and was talking to us at one point when the phone stopped ringing for five seconds. I'm like, this is a thankless job tonight, didn't he? He's like, yep, but it pays my bills just the same. I was like, all right. Nice. But uh, yeah, so he was kind nice. of entertaining us, like <laughs> saying different things to people to let them know they couldn't get an NES. So I was, uh, I was enjoying that. It was pretty fun. Yeah, you're, I agree. The, the staff were, were very... Uh, very amicable. Oh yeah, absolutely. And one of the things I forgot to mention, actually both of us forgot to mention was that <laughs> as the night drew on or grew on, drew on. Sure. Russ, something on. Yeah. You can draw those parallel lines. Uh, as the night waned on. There you ooh, go. Ooh, ooh, that? Nice. <clears throat> um, someone's been playing Scrabble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed, and as well as Steve, that as the line was, was starting to get to max capacity, the people who, who continued to show up got more and more frantic. And so like they come up and they see the line like, okay, so this is the line. So where's the worst back of the line? And like, <laughs> yeah. And so it was like this, this kind of like, like community effort to like try and be as helpful as possible. Right. So like, like everybody would like point and go, no dude, you got to go back to the front of the store and find this dude. He's wearing a yellow vest. He's giving out the paper, the slips. So then you see like this person who like you know doesn't do physical activity yeah. and he spins on his heel he's getting the most amount of exercise <laughs> that, that he's ever gotten out of the whole year and he sprints back to the front and it's so funny because like you know <laughs> he had the expression five, on his face too <laughs> <laughs> it's absolute horror and he's like just, just sprinting back and, and you know, all of a sudden he's just gone and then like five to ten minutes later he'll come back or she I mean, we, there were girls yeah. in line too sweating and breathing so, heavy <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> but they. <laughs> I but got number twenty-eight. They had a look of absolute peace and satisfaction on their face, despite like the beads of sweat and just just them still trying to catch their breath. It was the funniest thing. But eat. What the heck was that? that? My that was probably like, <laughs> like the emotion they felt after they knew they were going to get one. I know. I was going to say that's actually quite perfect. <laughs> But uh, uh, what was the other thing I was going to say? Oh, um, our friend Sydney, who drove like a bat out of hell in order to get here, he was the same way. I mean, he can't got there, and I was texting him even before he came. And I'm like, dude, you need to find this person. He has a mustache. He has a yellow vest. He's da-da-da. got a Walmart shirt on. You'll see him. <laughs> he looks like Magnum PI if he were poor and worked yeah, at Walmart. No. Wait. 
So we, uh, we, we were victorious in our quest. It was awesome. And I got to say, I, I got to give kudos to Nintendo for actually listening to the fans. And I think there has been enough of an outcry um, for them to actually take a look at this. And Steve actually may be correct. There may be a certain component to this where they all along were going to be making more units. This is more of a marketing ploy. But I think it's, it's not that by itself, just because Nintendo tends to be rather stubborn when, when, they, when they announce how many units they're going to have for um, a specific console. And we saw that with like the NES Classic, for example. Oh, yeah. The, um, in terms of the SNES Classic, however, I think that there were enough people making noise that they were willing to, to generate more units because it's not like it's hard for them to make this. This is not some bleeding edge technology we're talking about. Which is, and, and like I said, kudos to Nintendo for doing that. A big thank you from all of us to you for actually listening and, and making this more of a possibility just simply because the pre-orders were impossible to obtain due to all the bots going on. I mean, when, once all those stores went live with the product, they were sold out in, in seconds. And there's just no way for just normal folks to be able to do that. And so luckily we still have this brick and mortar approach. Now, the other thing is that um, the next morning, so you have to understand, like, Steve and I get home. I mean, I, we're, we probably get in bed by about 2 a.m. Easily. <laughs> and I tell Steve, I'm like, okay, here's the plan. Now, it, hold on. I got to stop you because okay. this is as I'm walking to my car to leave. <laughs> Steve thinks that, that the war is over. Yeah. He has no idea the battle's just begun. <laughs> so he's walking to his car. You could tell, you could tell he's already shutting down for the night. Yeah. And, you know, my daughter, of course, is in uh, sleep in bed up upstairs in her room and stuff. And so I follow him out. I'm like, okay, Steve. So we're having to talk like real hushed tones. So we don't wake the, the, the child up. Or the like, neighbors for yeah. that matter. Steve, okay. So I got this plan. Gonna, what I want you to do is I want you to wake up at 6 a.m. And I want you to come back over at 7. And we're going to try and see if we can score some more of these. Now, granted, I hate the mornings. I am not a morning person. You have people that are like, hey, it's morning up, then let's rise and shine. You know, and I'm like, <laughs> leave me alone. I don't want to talk to anybody. If you're that bright around me, just turn the other way. <laughs> and so Russ is like, now, nah, yeah, either way, you're getting up at six. Like, That's like the worst idea I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> yeah, and Steve, Steve was not thrilled at all, but I'm like, Steve, I need you here. We need you try this out. We need you here. And I was like pumped about it. So like, my number one guy. You to give it. Uh, that was totally <laughs> what it was. It, it was the whole Jack Nicholson turning his hair. Remember, you are my number one guy. But not so much did I get a yes, sir. I got kind of like a, a stink eyed look. <laughs> Lots of grumbling. Yeah. I hate you. So he ends up, um, you know, going home. I get in bed. You will not believe this. I actually woke up before my alarm went off at 6 a.m. I mean, the, the, I'm telling you, it's a calling, bruh. It's a calling. It's just that that's what bounces my butt out of bed in the mornings. Boom. But I literally got up like two minutes before my, my alarm goes off at 6 a.m. And, uh, of course, start spamming the crap out of Steve's phone. Like, are you awake? Are you awake? Wake up. Are you awake? Wake up. All, hey. all caps have you. Not just like <laughs> just texting. Hey, Steve, wakey, wakey. Are you awake? It's like, bam. Wake up, boy. Bam. Wakey, wakey. Bam. You ready to do this? Bam. I'm like, oh, man. Like the worst possible way to wake up. Yeah, that's how it worked. Wow. It, it, it's it's the whole brotherly love thing. You know, I feel it is kind of uh, my duty as his older brother. It doesn't change. For those for those of you um, who are listening who are youngsters out there, oh, it doesn't change. Yeah. 
we'll be doing this when we're like 80 and I'm still like, hey, let me alone. And I'm still just, you know, being the annoying, uh, obnoxious older brother. I remember when we were kids and you used to run in my room and do one of two things, Russ. Either <laughs> you would jump on my bed and act like a gorilla and just go, Galoosh, 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 wake up, wake up, wake up, until I finally woke up. Or you just put your mouth really close to my nose and figured you hadn't brushed your teeth yet and had morning breath. You would go, Dang. Oh, <laughs> With the slowest breath, just to like that make sure if I wrong. ever inhaled, that I would inhale your morning breath. And that would be how I would wake up and start the day. No wonder you hate mornings. Man, no what exactly. I was just about to say that. It was so it's funny. It's all your fault, Russ. I forgot I did that. That is the funniest thing because like as I was doing it, I'd stare, I'd stare at his face and you'd see his expression like as he's unconscious, like as he's, he's slowly being brought to consciousness due to my death breath. You could see like his face would kind of scowl and he'd be like, you could tell he's like, is this real? I can't tell this. Uh, it's definitely real. Oh, yeah. It's just, yeah. From being pulled from the, the the dream world of puppy dogs and candy canes frolicking around, you know, and then just like being pulled right into Russ's face right above mine <laughs> as morning breath. I always wondered if I was like screwing with your dreams, like you had some sort of really happy dream and then it kind of got all twisted. But you know you like that. That's the way you prefer it, Russ. Yeah. <laughs> I love you. You're right. <laughs> anyway, going back to, uh, to uh, the story at hand here. We end up getting over to the GameStop, and there is only one person in line. No and way. you have to remember, too. Yeah, it is so crazy, dude. Like, it was raining when, when we both woke up, and I was thinking, oh, this is not good because we were thinking, should we oh. go to Target or should we go to GameStop? I have to pause you. Okay. Now, <laughs> okay, Nick. <laughs> I love sleeping in in the mornings. Me too. That's one of my favorite pastimes. I, I don't wake me up in the morning. Let me sleep in. Number one. Number two. When it's cold and gray outside, even better for sleeping in the weather. And when I love the rain. Number three. And so you have the morning, which is cold, and I love it sleeping in the cold. And it's gray and it's raining and I'm peaceful. So you have the perfect sleeping environment ripped from me to go stand in the cold. Outside, not sleeping. This okay. is the kind of dedication Stevovich has, ladies and germs, <sighs> when it comes to joygasm. Okay, continue, Russ. On with the story. <clears throat> so, what ends up happening is that we see, we're like, oh my gosh, there's one person in line. And so what we're going to do is I'm going to drop Steve off at the front. Okay. What we're going to do is I'm going to stay in the heated car. You're going to go way out of line in the cold. <laughs> that is not exactly how it went. <laughs> so what ends up happening is like, so, so I, you know, I slow the car down to about 15 miles an hour and then boot him out of the car. And, you know, he, he does his little uh, stop, drop and roll. He's yeah, like, he hit the eject button. <laughs> <laughs> so Stevens, I'm going over and uh, hanging out there. And I, as the caring brother, go to McDonald's. Mickey D's. And I pick the two of us up a medium caramel mocha with... A, I believe it's a sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddle meal. So the hash brown does come with it. And I can come back and give that to Steve to munch on because I know he's not a morning person. Also, I had packed a very comfy fold-out chair, which I let Steve sit in the entire time. I brought for myself a... Uh, it's like a little camping stool thing. There's no back <laughs> or anything, but yeah, it's better than sitting on, on concrete, so... Um, Since we had been sitting on concrete and tile and 
and uh, aluminum shelving for three hours the night before. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> I was thinking about the whole time thinking, okay, we're not going to do this like, if we have to do this in the morning. So um, what was the, uh, the, the, the nice gentleman's name that was- Jackson. Jackson. Okay. So Jackson, who uh, I believe he, he was uh, around 18 years old or yep. something like that. Real nice guy. Engaged us in conversation. You actually had quite a bit of uh, chatting about what was yeah, it? Like Final, Final Fantasy, Fantasy yeah. Resident Evil, just kind of reminiscing. Devil May Cry. Devil May Cry, yeah. Really knowledgeable guy, playing a lot of games. Um, it looks like he was a bit of a budding cosplayer as well, so that was really cool. And then um, the line started to grow as well there. And what was interesting was that at, at one point, you know, Target was actually in the same shopping plaza as GameStop. And so I, one of the guys who had gotten in line behind me, suddenly left and got in his car and drove over to Target. And I realized, oh, wow, like they're opening at 8 a.m. and GameStop doesn't open until 10. So I'm like, I so Steve is chatting up with Jackson. Is that his yeah, name? Yeah. So they're chatting and I just like blatantly interrupt him. I'm like, I'll be right back. <laughs> yeah, we got it. And I uh, just hopped in my car and went over there. And so I, as, as I'm parking, I see a guy walking out with the SNES Classic. You know, you could tell it's in the bag. And so I, I rolled on my window. I'm like, hey, hey, what's going on? Are there any left? He's like, oh, no, man, they just sold out. Like, like there, were, there were people who came in the last, like, 10 minutes of when the store opened and got it. I was like, okay, not a big deal. But it was fun because I was like, yeah, enjoy it. Yeah, thanks, dude. You know, once again, that camaraderie, that commonality, it's just, it's just a lot of fun. It's just a, a fun event. Funny how there's all this camaraderie when everyone's not rage quitting and swearing at each other from uh, playing Destiny or Halo or what have you. Saying terrible things about each other I chalk it up to the fact that there's probably a lot more Nintendo fans that were lining up. They, they tend to be a little more uh, cordial, mm. I guess you could say. Yeah. So anyway, we wait in line. This thing happens, and um, we end up scoring an additional two SNES classics. Now, those of you who are listening, as well as probably uh, Mr. Big Baby Moose, is wondering why did we end up buying four SNES classics? Because uh, doing the math, there are two of us, <laughs> and we have four. Could have bought a copy yeah. of Destiny. I'm just going to line to it. I'm just going to wait in line with you, Russ. You like, just pulling me along with you. If I could wait in line, you're going to be with me. Yeah. Oh man. Oh. <laughs> so the the purpose of this is that we have a plan here on the show to do drawings <laughs> for three out of the four SNES classics. And what's going to happen is, is that for each one of the remaining months of this year, so October, November, and December, at the start of the month, we are going to announce how you can be entered into one of these drawings. And then at the end of the month, we will do a drawing and whoever wins will win themselves a SNES classic. Now, we've decided to also sweeten the pot a bit for each one of these releases. So the first one will just be an SNES Classic. The second one will be an SNES Classic with a wireless controller. And the final one, which is going to be the, the big hurrah for the end of it for folks who just cannot find it at all, we're going to have an SNES Classic with a wireless controller with a collector's guide that I believe it documents all the games that comes with the SNES classic. It's kind of a, looks like Steve is, is reaching over. He's, he's, he's going to grab it. Oh, thank you very much. Good, sir. It is the, it's called playing with superpower. 
and it has all the SNES classic games that are included with it. It looks like there's like blueprints and schematics of just the different prototypes of the system itself. Um, there's a lot of the concept ideation and the synopsis of all the different games. I mean, it's just, it's a nice collector's item to have. So, um, we are serious around here, especially considering the fact that the pre-order thing, I think affected us quite a bit in terms of how hard it is to find these. And especially considering how, um, I, I, to my understanding at this point is that the SNES classics are sold out everywhere. I mean, I think everybody scooped them up, whether they were at Best Buy, Walmart, Toys R Us, Target, GameStop. Um, I, I have heard that there are certain outfits that do have a handful here and there, but I do believe that probably by next, the end of next week, I, I think it'll be impossible to find at least until Nintendo decides to, to unload another batch. But that is the idea. And we will have instructions for you probably starting on uh, the following episode of Joygasm on that. But it's uh, it's one of those things that helps us out. You know, we want to be able to build awareness for the show. And uh, we feel like this is a really cool way to do it. So, you know, walking out of Target, Russ, this is going to segue. But not, actually, I don't really segue, but side point. <clears throat> I like riding segways. Yeah, segways are awesome. Uh, I think Wonder Woman's out on uh, Blue right now. It is. I, I saw it. I thought I saw it on the way out, but I didn't see it in 4K, so I didn't uh, get your attention. But um, available to purchase, and it's a great movie. It is indeed, and that might be something that we might do for Patreon. Mm, see, that's the thing. That's yeah, the new re- new releases. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. So yeah, if you're interested in that sort of thing, definitely uh, keep an eye on the Patreon page. Keep uh, your ears glued to Joygasm. You know, we we're here to make you happy. Mm, That's the idea. Glue your ears and glue your eyes. (laughs) I would recommend against gluing eyes. (laughs) That that sound effect was just perfect. (laughs) So the next question I have for you, Nick, is: Have you had a chance to actually sit down and play with the SNES Classic? You bet your butt I have. Ooh! Yes, indeed. You. Probably the cooler thing is that uh, not only have I had a chance to play it, but my my wife and kids have been playing it. eh, Maybe not nonstop, but sweet, almost nonstop since we since we got it and I hooked it up. Now, which games have you played so far? Let's see. I had a chance to dabble in some Super Punch Out, uh, some Super Mario World, because that's what my kids wanted to play. So I was showing them how to get to the secret star road. Still apparently remember how to do that, which is awesome. Nice. And uh, so I played some of that. Let's see. We played some Kirby's Dream Course with the wife, which was fun. And uh, did I play anything else yet? That's That might be all I've been able to dabble into yet. Uh, you know, uh, when I get a, a good chunk of time, I'm going to sit down and play some uh, some Super Metroid, of course. Just, oh yeah! I can't wait to turn it on. I just love the beginning music on that game. It's just fabulous. So, yeah. But I want to want to be able to sit down when I know I can just stay there for a little bit and completely immerse myself in the experience. But yeah, uh, th- those are the ones I played. But I guess I, I love the menu system. I, I like that has the the little music going while you're playing. You go through, pick the games, and everything. I I, I really like mm-hmm. the UI and stuff. It's pretty pretty nice, easy to navigate. How about you guys? You guys trying any games yet? I know someone was playing F Zero. <laughs> um, <laughs> man, I tell you, they this 
I remember playing F Zero back in the day, and my eyes were. You and I, Nick, were talking about this just a second ago, um, but. I thought as a racer concept, you know, I'd always played, okay, you know, Outrun and some of the other off-road games where you're a vehicle. And I thought, you know, I, I like the spaceships and I like hovercrafts and I, you know, I like this kind of science fiction race. Why didn't everybody ever make that type? And so when that, when F-Zero came out, I, I was stunned thinking, here it is, the racer I'm going to play, you know? And um, I, I remember it being so cool. And I was, we're at our cousin's house and the they had this kind of big projection TV back in the day, and it was the coolest thing. Seeing it again, but you know, on a high def TV, it's bringing it all back. But it's more than an, uh, a nostalgia thing because, uh, as you and I were speaking about, it, they put the the most use of the technology they had at the time to the most value of that they that they could. It wasn't just we need to make a, a music track or we need to make this thing you know blink a little bit faster. They used whatever they could to make a successful game. And even watching these demos play, the music's not annoying. It's really good music. It's fun to listen to. The whole thing is about fun and about the experience. Yep. It's more than just the, the nostalgia. No, I, I totally agree. Like it's, it, it's really cool when you get in there and, and yeah, and you, you start just like kind of like watching the things and listening and, and, and I mean, they eat every little bit of pop. Yeah that they could out of yeah. what they had yeah. to use. That's actually um, a question I had on here, which you kind of already answered, but <clears throat> are the games exactly how you remembered back in the day? Like, have they aged gracefully or or not? What do you what do you think, Nick? I think they've aged aged incredibly well. I mean, when you when you look at the, the games that came out for, you know, in the 8-bit era and then especially in the 16-bit era, they set the 16 bit area in particular really set the table, at least on the console side, for everywhere that gaming was going to go. You know, the first 3D experiences on a console um, game were things like Star Fox and, and whatnot, like true 3D mm -hmm. experiences. You started to see these these games that that pushed the envelope. You had had Mario, you had Metroid, you had all these games with all these secrets and kind of like the, the go and find things and explore and. And I find that because they're they're challenging, because they're they're so well made, they're so polished, that yeah, if you if I pop on my Xbox One right now or my PS4, I'm gonna have a much higher fidelity experience. But the blueprints at the base of every one of those games, you can pretty much trace back to eight bit, sixteen bit Easily. era. Yeah, easy. So yeah, it translates great. And <clears throat> I'll tell you what: if you want to have a really good experience, turn the scan lines on. I know that there's a tendency to want to see everything as crystal clear as it can, but I'm loving having the scan lines turned on so it looks like an old CRT monitor. I mean, it just it takes <laughs> me right back to being, you know, 13, 14 years old, sitting in my bedroom, playing games like over at your guys' house or at my house, and uh, it, it's fabulous, man. I love it. It's it, Yeah. You know, one of the things that um, comes to mind hearing you say that is that Steve and I, as you know, were Sega guys. Yes. We were both big Sega guys back in the day. And absolutely love it. I'm proud to say I'm, I'm a Sega guy. But I always loved going over to friends' houses to play on their Super Nintendo just because they had a different library of games. And also just, just the, the overall look of the Super Nintendo games. It just had that signature SNES look, for lack of a better way of describing it. And so it's a little surreal for me now 
um, to, to look over, like right now I'm looking over at the, the TV that we have here in the room and we've just, you know, if you don't play it, it actually cycles through each one of the games, which I think is really cool. And, uh, seeing it in my house, I, like I look over, I'm like, that is a super Nintendo controller. Yeah. Like, wow. Like, like this is, this is actually a big moment for myself because I never owned a Nintendo system. Now, Technically speaking, the first Nintendo system I bought was the uh, the Nintendo Switch. But having said that, looking at this, I mean, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I mean, the SNES really did usher in just just a, 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 a very standard. Yeah, it was like a premium yeah. standard of expectation of, of how games could be. And just looking at it, I remember... Like right now, we're like, like we just went back to the menu. And, and even the box art was so like undeniably super Nintendo. Like they just, just the, the way the colors popped off the boxes and just going into the, the, the games themselves. I mean, it was, it was just such a well thought out system. It, it really and I, I don't know. I, for me, I'm just excited to actually have something like this where, where, you know, 21 games, that's actually a, a, a nice amount to be able to play. And uh, many of which I played at my friend's houses including yours. I, mean, I remember like you, you had your birthday and, I, and I'd come over and we, there'd be a, a group of friends playing it, like street fighter or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And so it's crazy to be able to have that, that opportunity now for me later on in life to be able to revisit this part where it's like, yeah, now I can afford more than just one system. <laughs> yeah. And you know, and it, it, it's such a great system. And, you know, I sit down, I play these games. I'm looking at the, you know, as, as I scroll through the titles and stuff and, and I'm reminded yet again, like there's always checks and balances with anything. Right. And, you know, back then you had games, they weren't online games. You know, you sat in your room, you had to play with other people. You actually knew if you wanted to have a multiplayer experience, <laughs> you were forced to socialize. You know? and so it's, like, it's, 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 it's certainly easier to have a, a social experience nowadays in games, which is probably, I would give that, that checkbox to modern day gaming. But you look at so many games that come out nowadays because they've got the ability to iterate after it releases the the games that just get put out that are not complete, that it's obvious that they weren't ready to hit the market, but they just got them good enough, threw them out there. And they're like, you know, within the next year, we'll have it patched to where we want it to be. Back then, you had to make a quality game and it had to be solid. If it wasn't solid, it didn't sell because it would get destroyed. It would get destroyed in, 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 you know pick a gaming magazine we used to read back in the day, Nintendo Power, whatever, just go on down the line. Electronic like, Gaming exactly. Monthly. Yeah. Oh, EGM. <laughs> Electronic yeah. Gaming Monthly. I had a subscription to that. It would get destroyed and that thing would never sell. And so the companies were forced to make polished, solid games that right out the box were ready to go and relatively bug-free. And that's kind of yeah. lost now. And I sit here and I play these games and I'm like, you know what? I didn't have to wait for this game to get right. It was right, right from the get-go. And I got to say, maybe I'm just an old man or whatever, but I kind of I kind of miss that. And as I go through all these titles and hear the music that's so familiar and everything, I'm telling you, when I set this thing up and I was watching my two daughters play <laughs> and they don't know what the heck they're doing, yeah. I was smiling <clears throat> so much. My face hurt. Like literally, like my cheek muscles that like hold my smile up and like give me dimples, like they it hurt because I just couldn't stop smiling. And it's that's it's awesome. pretty cool to have something like that, you know, all these years later that brings back so many good memories. 
And as you guys know, I don't have a ton of great memories from my childhood, but this is like one of the key things that I had that resulted in a lot of great memories with you guys and with some of our other friends at the time. Oh, yeah. So, But I think it also shows its quality because uh, your kids are enjoying it just as much as you are. Like they, they don't it. need to turn on the, the PlayStation uh, you know, 4 or the Xbox One to have a good time and the enjoyment that was um, – purposefully created in these games like the this is these are games from the 80s and the 90s and the kids from now 2017 are still finding the enjoyment and the happiness within them yeah that's actually that's a, that's a really astute point i mean like that that shows that these games from a gameplay mechanic standpoint were solid i mean like just each one of these if, if you have children of today that are willing to pick it up because obviously the graph graphically speaking they're dated but if they're if the fun factor is still there, I mean that's what what matters most, and that's exactly. something that I think that I'm looking forward to as well is that um, you know our <clears throat> my daughter I say our daughter it's not <laughs> our daughter it's my daughter <laughs> my daughter uh, has has been expressing interest in watching daddy play games, and uh, just judging from what I'm seeing on the screen right now, I mean she will absolutely love to be able to play these games, and I think that that's that's one of the the magical components to this whole thing is the fact that having a brand new generation of gamers being introduced to you know pretty close to where where the gaming really started to you know launch off the the launch pad and rocket into the stratosphere you have these these games that were back in the day that were 16 bit and allowing them the opportunity to also forge that foundation as they move into more sophisticated gaming i think is just it's terrific yeah, no, I would agree. And and you look at like, I think the other thing that's kind of interesting is, you know, like my kids have explained to me, they're like, dad, we like this controller so much better. It's so much easier to hold. It's so much easier to use. It's not as confusing. It's like, you know, sometimes simplicity is better, <laughs> you know? That's very and true. It's funny because like I'll sit them down and try and teach, uh, you know, my eldest Emma, who's 10 to play to play Halo. And she really struggles with, you know, the two joysticks, the two analog joysticks and, you know, and trying to figure all that out. And it's like I'm trying to explain it to her and in the back of my mind. I'm always thinking, you know what? I got to start with something so simple and work my way up to this. So, you know, it's almost mm. like going through school. You don't start off with algebra. You start off with simple arithmetic. You learn to count. And like the Nintendo controller and the Sega Master System controller where it was, you know, kindergarten, first grade math. And then, you know, you got to the Super Nintendo and the Sega Genesis. And that was like your middle school type stuff. And now we're to where we are now. And it's just interesting listening to them talk about that because we've kind of been brought up with these game systems, with the advancements and been able to slowly hone our skills and stuff. Whereas they're just kind of go from like zero to a thousand and uh, it, it's made me kind of sad because gaming is a big part of my life. And in a lot of ways, my kids, they're interested in it. But the, the newer systems are are complicated for really young kids. And so they, they get kind of frustrated sometimes because they can't figure out what they're doing. And so I haven't been able to share that experience with them as much. But now with with this system, they're, they're kind of getting it. They're kind of getting it kind of fast. And I'm kind of like, OK, this this is going to be good. You know, now they can understand why dad loves these things so much. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. I mean, like, I think I think you touched on <clears throat> something that that is very much just head and shoulders in my face is, is the fact that, like, our generation was very um, fortunate to have grown up when we did because we were the generation, like you said, 
that started out, I mean, like, yeah, maybe we weren't there right when, like, the, the Atari and television first came out, you know, or maybe we were too young to start playing it, but we were right there. I mean, like, like right when the Sega Master System, the, the Nintendo Entertainment System came out, that sort of thing. And I remember playing, even before that, some of the Atari at a friend's house when I was, like, in second grade. Yeah. But, but really, I think that, that you made a, a really great observation, which is just that as our generation, our specific generation got older, the systems matured. And you went for like, like the controllers, for instance, it went from a, a two button scheme to then a three button scheme and then a four button scheme, a six button scheme, you know, like, like and as we got older and, and we became more, um, you know, what, what's the word? Dexterous? Dexterous? I'm not sure how to... I'm a dexterous... Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, as we were able to use our fingers better, um, you know, the, the controllers themselves also became more sophisticated and more mature. And, and there was like the stair-step process where you got to literally graduate from one generation to the next. And it, it was very much coincided with how we were developing as children, going into teenagers, going into a young adults, going into old fogies. <laughs> yes, indeed. So, the gray is real, folks. <laughs> it is very much so. But, I mean, like, like what you said, too, but just coming full circle and, and coming back to the 8-bit the, the and 16-bit eras and seeing where we got our start and just, you know, just having that pure love of playing these different titles, it's, you just can't place a, a price tag on that. I mean, the fact that, that you went out for an SNES Classic and that was 80 bucks, it's like, oh, well, yeah, I'll gladly pay that. And especially for someone like myself who has not had the enjoyment of playing these games myself, I'm going to have a lot of fun. I do want to ask you, though, Nick, um, obviously you had a Super Nintendo back in the day. You've, you, I believe you probably have an emulator that has some of these, these classics already on there. What is it about the SNES Classic that just compels you to want to go out and, and, and stand in line for five hours and purchase this thing. Well, what is it, you know, knowing that you have these, these titles already available in a different capacity. Um, what, what is, what is calling you to this? There's something to be said for playing something the way you remember playing it. And yes, it's true. I, I've got an emulator on my computer. I have every one of these titles and countless more, including, you know, classics like act razor and chrono trigger. And there were some really groundbreaking games at the time that are not on the SNES classic and, and they're there for me to play and I can hook up an Xbox controller to my computer and I can I can play them on a computer with a controller or I can hook up you know just play it off of the keyboard and mouse um, but there's something to be said for playing them the way we did when we were kids which is you know with your you know your buddy or your brother or in my case my kids or my wife sitting on the couch with the controller that was made to play the game yeah. Having a good time looking over at each other, bumping into each other. You know, it's on your television. You're relaxed. You're, you're, you're laid back. Excuse me on your couch. You know, if I sit at my computer, I'm in a computer chair. I'm using a controller that wasn't made for those games. So the buttons are all feel off and I have to like reprogram the controller to like make it kind of work the way the Super Nintendo one would. And, you know, I, and then a lot of times emulators are buggy. You know, yeah, okay, you've got a port. Mm -hmm. Like, I have a port of uh, Super Mario Kart, which is the other game I played, by the way, on the SNES Classic and was fabulous. Uh -huh. um, 
it, it just it doesn't ever work right. Like I can do one part of the game, but if I try and do like battle mode or something, it, it wigs out. And it's hard to play two players on a computer desk with the computer monitor. You know, then you got to pull up a kitchen chair and that's not comfortable. So there's something about just being able to lay back on that couch, controller in hand, laughing, having a good time, just like we did when we were kids, you know, but that's that's the experience I want. That's why I'm a console gamer and I'm not a PC gamer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, psychologically speaking, you mentioned the controller and I don't know, I always find it just fascinating to look at each system and the controller. The controller is just the, the conduit from the user to the, the gaming experience itself. And it is, it's amazing how when you think of just the sheer amount of time you spend on a particular system and how your hands, like, I mean, I picked up that SNES classic controller and I was instantly transported back to 1992. Yep. And it was just crazy to like, think about that. Just holding it, looking at the color palettes, you know, looking at, at the the visual design of the controller, then feeling it, how, how it feels and whatnot. I mean, it, it's 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 a, a, a no brainer when I say how there there is this this very special relationship that the controller has with its system. Yeah, and to, to change it, like you said, like if you have like as an emulator or something like that there is something that is missing. There is a loss that's there. And it's just, it's crazy. Even the, the button mapping, the, the way the buttons are laid out, where the D-pad exists, where the thumbsticks are when they um, came into the existence of, of game controllers, the triggers and what, you know, just so forth. It, yeah, I mean, it, it really does um, make for a large part of the overall gaming experience. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, it just, it feels right. There's really no other way to put it. You, you hold the Super Nintendo Entertainment System controller in your hand and it feels right. You're taking Mario and he's got his cape and you're flying through the air and you're doing the bounce back and forth to keep him floating up in the air. And it feels right when that controller is in your hand to do it. You're, the muscle memory kicks in immediately. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but when I'm doing it on the computer, it feels wonky. It's just the, the digital pad. It's different. The, the buttons, even the way how far they depress or the shape of them. Or the positioning. It's just it's wrong. And so it doesn't ever feel right. And so it's it's nice mm-hmm. to sit down and play it and just have it f- have it have that completely classic I- I'm I'm fourteen years old again, it's nineteen ninety two, and here we go. You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. There's so many good games on here. I'm looking at the screen again. The Super Punch Out. I I love that game. And Contra Three. I think I think it just I think it's gonna start playing uh yeah. There's the Konami logo. Yeah, all of that is just, uh, it's super fun. Well, did you guys have any last uh, thoughts or comments about the uh, SNES Classic? I want to say it's just a complete triumph. I-, I love it. I mean, I guess if you wanted to complain, you could complain about a couple titles that could have been added that would have been nice if you wanted. But, I mean, for the amount of titles that are on there, for the price, for having those controllers again, fabulous. Uh, I have seen some people complaining about the fact that they actually have to get up and hit the buttons to go to the like menu screens. And I just laugh. I'm like, nostalgia, retro system. We used to have to do this all the time, folks. You used to have to get uh-huh. off your butt to turn your system on and off. You know, so I just, Back in my day. Oh, I just laugh. I just laugh. I will say this for those people who are, are planning on getting one or who have gotten one. Um, just a little tip. The controller cords are very short. You can buy a two pack 
on Amazon.com of con- of controller extensions. It'll stretch those suckers out to about ten feet. They I have them on mine. They ah. just came today, and they work great. They they they're fabulous. And they'll also, if you have an NES Classic, they apparently will work with as an extension for those controllers or as well. So check out check out that. That's on good to know. I know you texted me that, and I I meant to order that. The other thing too that reminds me, there's a company called Eight Bit Do. Oh yeah, the wireless and controller. Yeah, I was gonna say um, the wireless controllers that that we have here that we'll do for the uh, we'll use for the drawings are not the Eight Bit Do. They're they're a different brand. However, there is one on Amazon that's being sold. I think it's like twenty five bucks, and it's a wireless controller for the SNES Classic Edition. I think they start shipping in December or something like that, but. Um, you can tell that they they wanted to make the controller look, you know, as authentic as possible. Really, the only thing that's different, it looks like, is that they have the front-facing part of the panel of the controller has more of a um, kind of a dark gray. Like, the dark gray that's used on the controller more as an accent is more prominent. But that's about it. Everything else looks pretty legit. So that's something that you may want to consider getting as well. Yeah. I like that I have the ones that say Super Nintendo on it. I got I, yeah. I like I thought about that. I was like, oh yeah, wireless controllers would be cool. And then I'm like, you know what? I kind of like that. It, it, this looks, feels, says everything about it is Super Nintendo. So I think for me, the extensions were what I needed, and I think I'm gonna stick with that. Now I just I hope that Sega will somehow. I know that there have been these like third party attempts, and they just failed miserably because they they're not doing it. You know, just just in terms of the hardware and the way they present. Yeah, their emulators. I would really. Good. They haven't, and it's been unfortunate, but I really do hope that they come out with a Sega Genesis classic because that would just be awesome to like put those side by side and just, I can almost like, if the systems could talk, they'd be like, yeah, remember the good old days? Oh, man. Yeah, no <laughs> kidding. I mean, I, then that's why I was so excited about Sonic Mania, which is another game, actually, I've played a little bit here and there in between Destiny. You're asking me about what I was playing mm-hmm. earlier. That was a good faithful port. Now, granted, it's not a true it port. It's more of a love letter, but... It's fabulous. So well yeah. done. I'd love to see them make a system uh, that that brought back all of the classics, Golden Axe and, you know, uh, Altered Beast and obviously Sonic and the other great Sega titles that were from back in the day and put them all in a system like this. That would be fabulous. Speaking of old games that they need to bring into the future, uh, was it Space Harrier? You remember that game? Is that the game where you ran, uh-huh. you were running and you kind of like jump in the air and you're firing the gun and everything's coming at you? Uh-huh. We have 3D. Why have they not made a 3D Space Harrier? You're, it's a golden opportunity just waiting out there to be snatched. That's a perfect game for for these virtual reality kidding. systems. I remember you talking to me about that a little while back, and I and I actually added that into the list. There was, we did an episode where we were talking about games uh, we'd like to see for next gen, and I brought that up. I was talking about how there was the, the Space Harrier game that – is just begging for like an augmented reality or virtual reality approach to it. And yeah, I, I'm right with yeah. you. Yeah. But yeah, hopefully they'll, they'll eventually get something out there. I mean, I, you got to think that they're looking at what's going on with Nintendo and the, and the popularity and success. Mm-hmm. You got to figure there's somebody at Sega and this is what they need to do. They need to stop licensing it to other people and do it themselves. Exactly. Cause they could do it and yes. it would be right. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. Um, I think the final thought I have on the whole thing is that I'm, I'm really pleased with how retro gaming has made a comeback. Mm-hmm. There's been this overarching trend, not only with like the Super NES Classic and the NES Classic, but also like if you look on iTunes, for example, or the App Store, um, 
you know, wh- whether it, it's the box art of something or, or um, you know, the, the cover to a song, or if you're in the app store and you're looking at a game of sorts, there have been a lot of top hit titles that kind of pay homage to more of that retro style gaming that took place during the 8-bit and 16-bit days. And that just, for someone like myself, it just makes me really happy just to, just to see that, once again, the, the most important aspect to a game is the gameplay, <coughs> excuse me, the gameplay mechanic. If you have a lousy gameplay mechanic, it doesn't matter if it's the most beautiful game in the world. It's just not going to be fun to play. And so, yeah, my, my, my hat's off to Nintendo. I totally agree. I think that this has been a triumph. I haven't even started playing the game um, any of the games yet on the console, uh, but just looking at it, watching Steve play and whatnot. I mean, it, it's obvious. It's like, yeah, this is, this is something special. So I do believe that that is all the time we have for this particular episode of Joygasm. I would like to thank our good buddy, big baby moose for joining us. I felt like it was appropriate considering the topic of the day. If you have any questions, comments, or just want to show us some love, you can find us on Twitter at JoygasmTV and Facebook.com slash JoygasmTV. In addition to iTunes and Android, you can also listen to our podcast on SoundCloud at SoundCloud.com slash JoygasmTV or search JoygasmTV on YouTube and Twitch. As well, now I can say as joygasm.tv go check out the official website and if you'd like to contribute and subscribe to all of our fun little exclusives and rewards and whatnot i definitely invite you to go to patreon.com slash joygasm and see what kind of swaggy goodness we got there so until then happy gaming there you go yep <laughs> <laughs>